Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we're going to get back and talk about some Loki. How does this all affect the world? Does the future hold anything for this character? So many good feedbacks and questions about this. So we're going to talk about Loki more today. All that right after this. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Ashley Coffin. What's happening, Ashley? What's going on? I'm feeling nice and lazy. I'm on that last day right before going back to work. It's been a couple days. Oh. No, I worked a little on Saturday, but it wasn't like, you know, a full day. No one else was there. It was one of those nice days at the office. And yeah, yeah I'm just like, oh, no. I've been in my PJs for two days. It's great. I'm great. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> oh, man, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Yeah, the holidays, man. It's my first holiday with, like, my uh, my niece living with me and my... uh my mom living with me, so it's just like a weird, like I, it's weird that my house is now like the house people are coming to for yeah. like Thanksgiving, and that was weird, and I don't feel like I like lived up to the, like the duties of that, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> so Did you like, have a lot of people? No, it was mostly just my other niece and my, um and her girlfriend, and so like they came, and it was like, it, it, you know, it's like whatever, seven people, it wasn't many, but it was just like. That's enough. Yeah, it just felt like I need to somehow get all of the Thanksgiving. I, mean, I need to make this feel Thanksgiving to eat to these yeah. people. Did you cook a bird? Did you do all this stuff? No, we actually got some like leftovers and like went to my girlfriend's uh, parents first. It was just weird. It was a weird day. It's like <laughs> it, it, what's weird is like we've had all this change over these last few years. My, my some of my family passing away, and like now my, all the rest of my family moving in with me, and so now it's like this weird thing of like it's not even so much the stress of being the responsible party. It's more that like we got to establish what are our traditions now because like the house we used right. to go to doesn't isn't there anymore. Or, like no one owns that house anymore. Like so it's like where do you go now? We, who comes? Who's part of your immediate family versus who's going somewhere else? Like it's just all a weird balancing act like when my grandma died about 10 years ago we used to every year get together for thanksgiving and then like the, the year she died that side of the family has not gotten together since <laughs> oh yes that happens but yeah yeah that's that sort of thing where it's like that's sort of where we are now it's like okay some who's going to take on the responsibility of making all family get together and like this person from this state come in here and like yeah and then yeah, yeah I feel like felt like it's like on me now or at least partially on me me and my brother i guess so it was weird. It was weird being that part of that part of life starting, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. This was the first year we didn't go out because of the car thing. We were just, we're really trying to cut oh, corners. Yeah. Uh, but we always would go out for a fancy, fancy dinner. And that was fun. Because it's like when you go to, to family stuff, when you go to other friends' families, eventually at some point, you know, Aunt Bev, who you've never met before, would be like, so honey, when are you guys having children? Or where is your family? Oh, yeah. You know? And it just, like, we just don't do that. Uh, but we went to Katie's and it was really nice. And it was fun because, like, I haven't done a traditional Thanksgiving in years because we always go out. So it was nice to have the turkey and we made lobster mac and cheese. And, you know, it was fun. Mm. 
Oh, awesome. my lobster mac and cheese is what's up. There's like four mm. different cheeses in it. It's a little spicy, Ooh. a little cayenne. I like a little spicy. Like I'll little send you spicy. the recipe. It's really easy yeah, to make. Yeah, please. I need to, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess I gotta start learning those recipes. Uh, we were going through my mom's house to move her up here and like stacks and stacks of cookbooks. And I'm like, I guess this, oh, I guess God. I am now well supplied with recipes. <laughs> Let uh, me tell you something. You're going to have a million cookbooks. You're never going to open it once because you always right. just look for everything on your phone now, but I can't exactly, get rid of them yeah. either. I have so many old cookbooks. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like I have a lot of old cookbooks now or well, they're <laughs> here in the house anyway. You got to put them down in the pub. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good <laughs> idea. That's a good idea. Okay, um, well, we are going to talk about some Loki. We got lots of feedback. Uh, Let's continuing, do it. Uh, more people wrote in this week, and we've got a lot left over, to be honest. So let's just uh, dive right in and get to some things. Up uh, first, we got Kelpie G, one of our patrons, says, Hey, y'all, I'm a little behind because the wife and I don't have the time to keep up, but we just finished Loki and it's keeping me up. I had a thought about the finale. Wouldn't Loki be somewhat of a watcher now? Looking forward to hear your thoughts. Stay classy, my peoples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I bet. I wonder if he's a watcher and like not allowed to talker. You know, that would suck. Yeah. Because like, at least a watcher could be like, he talks a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we don't know what he can do in his yeah. like position there. Like he's holding together all these timelines and it seems... Uh, it seems very stoic and very like he's taking on the world, sacrificial, you know. He looked relaxed. <laughs> but yeah, he didn't look unhappy about no. it. They made sure to get him loafers. That yeah. They understand <laughs> why he has the loafers on now because he's chill. He's got to just yeah. calm and meditate. <laughs> <laughs> As for the Watchers, like, I think the. Are the Watchers a people or are they like a group? Like, are. It always seems to me that the Watchers are all the same, like, alien race or whatever. Yeah, they all look the same as far as I remember from the comics. Yeah, now they could change that for MCU. They often mm-hmm. do, like, well, didn't make they try changes. to say that that's what, or was that just a joke? That Stan Lee was That was just a joke. A now, there is, there is a moment in, I think it's, like, Guardians 2, where he is hanging out with the Watchers, mm-hmm. but they're all, like, again... Gathering. <laughs> They're all gathering around him, but he's wearing a helmet. They're not. So there just seems mm. to be a distinction between them and him. And it's weird because they, they don't really say they're the Watchers. They just look like them. And they I guess they look like a Watu who we have seen now in What If. So I'm guessing they're, those were the Watchers. But it's sort of just a throwaway joke, as Stan Lee cameos often are. So who knows if those were like, maybe they just are another race that kind of looks like the Watchers. And they're hanging yeah. out with uh, a guy who looks like Stan Lee. <laughs> I just want it to be true. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and I think it's fair to say it is. I'm just saying, like, they've left themselves enough room to write around it if they want oh, to. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. That's a good question, though, Kelpie. Yeah. I don't know if uh, I don't know if it require, a requirement of being a Watcher is, like, being part of that alien race. Or if they, or maybe once you become a Watcher, you become that, like, you become to start to look like that or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Santa. He sees, he sees everybody. He's always yeah. watching. He's you can see watching. all the timelines. That's a lot of people to watch. Oh man, let's let's replace Santa with Loki this like, year. I'm for it. Let's yeah, do it. let's have like, a green like Christmas bitches every every year. <laughs> like it's already the Christmas yeah. tree. So I saw somebody posting about like uh, their Christmas tree and having Loki and stuff in like little, little uh, but like Loki sitting in a, the middle of a Christmas tree holding oh, on to the branches in the middle. Of the oh tree. yeah, that'd be cool. Or like, some yeah, kind of star. Really good. 
or yeah. over the over the fireplace. Yeah, you could you could source Loki everywhere for Christmas. That's, we'll have yeah. a very Loki Christmas. Absolutely. We'll just give well, ideas of what to do. <laughs> I just feel like the all the green bands surrounding him like totally match up with like Christmas tree or like mm-hmm. some green tinsel, and he'd be like grabbing onto the tinsel, tinsel. as if it's the timeline, like streaming around. Oh, this that's a tree. good one. Yeah, I yeah. Like Got some like LED it. string lights. Yeah, and, and like he's he's holding them together in his little throne. <laughs> Somebody get on that Marvel. Yeah, uh, everybody. Make- I want to see your best Loki Christmases. <laughs> <laughs> and like, we could all see, yeah, you know, Loki's watching you on the timeline. He sees all. He's, kids, you better be good or Loki won't bring you presents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So uh, I guess your answer, Kelpie, is that he, no, he's not a watcher. He's a Santa Claus. <laughs> he's Santa. We just yeah. didn't know until right now. Mm-hmm. He did. He pulled a full Tim Allen from <laughs> oh, the Santa God. Claus. Um, okay. Up next, Rachel Titsworth, one of our patrons, says, Hi, guys. It's Thursday, and I'm sad because there's no new episode of Loki to look forward to. I'm still processing and thinking about the finale, and I'm so grateful to have the Panda Fam to chat with it about. To chat with about it, I should say. I was thinking about the sacrifice Loki makes in the finale, and it got me wondering about something. What was the natural state of the multiverse? Before He Who Remains came along and clamped everything down into the sacred timeline with the loom, was there something else that kept incursions from happening with the branches? I feel like there must have been, and it makes me wonder, if we do see our Loki return in the future, maybe there's some way to return the timelines to their original pre-loom state without him having to sit on his throne for eternity. My heart can't take lonely forever Loki. Aww. Mm, Indeed. That's hard. (laughs) Yeah, for real. One other thought I had... Uh, a theme that came full circle in Loki's character arc is the idea of freedom. In Avengers 1, he says, I come with glad tidings, a world made free. Freedom. Freedom is life's great lie. Um, and in Loki season 1, episode 1, he says, the first and most oppressive lie ever uttered was the song of freedom. Fast forward to the end of season two, and he is sacrificing his own freedom so everyone else can be free. He finally was able to align himself somewhat with Sylvie's perspective on free will and found his way to break free from the false choice he who remained gave him. This show is possibly my favorite thing in the MCU now. Wow. Love it. Or at least in my top five for sure. I connected with it on such an emotional level, and I'm grateful to all the folks who clearly put so much thought and work into creating this story. I think those are all my thoughts for now, but I'm sure I'll continue to analyze and obsess over this show and character for a long time to come. For all time, always. We talked about the the Loki's freedom arc thing because that's that's For my sure. favorite part about this like what the show not the show but I guess what they did with him over the last 14 years mm-hmm. was able to bring that full circle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he, and he's always had this view of like, he needs to rule people and it's better for them if he rules them. And I, I do just be absolutely love. Wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but also like he had himself convinced and it's always been kind of a lie. He was telling himself mm-hmm. that if he's in control, he'll make 
better decisions even for those people. And it's right. not even just like, I want this position. It's like, I believe that I'm the best for this position, or at least he would lie to himself and say that. And now he has um, decided to like sacrifice all control just so everyone else can have it and have freedom. And it's just really, really interesting and well done. Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe they pulled off that character arc because I really believe it by the end. And like, the the final episode of them giving him all those thousands of years to think about and like meditate on what needed to be done, you know? Yeah. And he still chose to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. Somewhere in those like million years, I'd be like, am I making the right choice right now? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm selfish. So we all know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rachel also mentioned the, um, natural state of the multiverse that's a really good question we do not know what the natural state of the multiverse is i I mean i I guess we have to kind of assume the natural state of the multiverse is what it was before kang existed there's there's a um theory of time travel that like basically once you invent time travel like Time is no longer linear, therefore the universe has like no meaning, or like no, there's like time starts to have no meaning. There's a lot of like um, science fiction that sort of explores that idea, and mm. sort of that's I think what's happening here with the idea that Kang in the 31st century starts to move, starts to control time, becomes a master right. of time, go back and forth, and it just sort of like disrupts everything, disrupts the flow of all the timelines because he's, he's yeah. now able to move um, between them and among them and touch each other and all this stuff. So I don't know if it's just like a thing where like once the 31st century is hit, the universe eventually just implodes from all the incursions and then, or the multiverse implodes from all the incursions and then some event like this happens to start it all over. Um, and maybe, maybe that's just like a, a forever saga that will happen in the Yeah. Uh, and let, do you think if multiverse. they, I don't know how time travel works. Do you think if they go to <laughs> the 20, 2031, whatever year, 20, what 31st year was it? century, yeah. The 31st century. What if they stop him there before he starts doing his time jumping yeah. shit? But it's too well, late because they're already time jumping. Right. Well, it's tough because, yeah, it's a chicken and egg problem. It's like, if you're able to go through time to change something then you're already traveling in time so the time travel's already been invented but mm-hmm. yeah it's it's going to be have to be really clever however they get out of it it'll have to be really clever um, <laughs> and it's always um hard to do that to do a time travel story well um and and i think it just it also just depends on external forces on the story uh, with all the Jonathan Majors stuff going on. Like if yeah. he's done and can and they decide to pivot from Kang, like they may just say, this is the time that this was it. This was the story. Yeah, And like, th- and that would be okay. Yeah. Like not okay with it. Cause I want, I would have liked to see what they were going to do, but I'm For okay sure. with that being the yeah. end of it. Like, you, okay, you figured it out. You figured that out. Like how to move forward and probably not make everybody freak out. <laughs> Yeah. And and you know, if if things are resolved in this uh in the in the sort of um behind the scenes stuff that's going on with Jonathan Majors or if things are somehow um 
like he's cleared or whatever, and they decide to bring him back, they can always bring him back. Like Kang can come in ten years from now and be Kang again. You know, like yeah. Kang can always come back, or they can recast or whatever. And that would be really epic if we meet another character who sort of like He Who Remains, where it's like, oh, who's this character? And then you find out it's Kang. Um, yeah. So they could they could do that later if they wanted to, but I think it may it may just be the right move to just like be like, okay, this Loki story where he finally tricked he who remains. He finally like got one over on him and decided mm-hmm. to sacrifice himself to replace the regime that had gone on before. And now he's like instead giving freedom to the world instead of controlling it, then like maybe and the TVA is actively hunting uh you know, uh, Kangs around the multiverse, like, seems like maybe that is the solution. Maybe they did stop him, you know, at least for mm-hmm. now. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, I think it's pretty yeah, cool. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Yeah, me too. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if we know exactly what the natural state of the multiverse is. There's no, uh, I mean, like, the, the way they say it is basically the, the natural state was there was just a bunch of them and then the invention of travel between them corrupted them. So, so I guess even in its natural state, once Kang started corrupting them, that led to the multiversal war and incursions and all that stuff. So I think this just is the natural state, I guess, that once they start touching each other, they can't survive. But someone like <sighs> Reed Richards needs to come around and like... Figure it figure out. out. Yeah. <laughs> figure, figure it, figure it out, it out. <laughs> Uh, Suresh Sadev, one of our patrons, says, You truly don't have to answer, but I noted Ashley has mentioned Lana Del Rey in a handful of past pod episodes. I was wondering what her top three Lana songs were. Sorry, not MCU important, <laughs> but it's important to me. Uh, I'm just personally curious if she'd like to share. That's an extremely difficult question. Mm. On the spot, huh? Okay. And she has like six albums, seven, eight albums. That's over. So, so my thing with Lana Del Rey is it changes a lot. It changes depending on my mood. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> sorry, everybody. You're gonna have to edit this up. <laughs> oh God, what a question! I'm blindsided. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right now I would probably go Ultraviolence, uh, White Mustang. And Norman fucking Rockwell. But then it's like Summertime Sadness and Blue Jeans are the songs that I first heard from her. So those will always be my favorite, even though they're really, really played out now. But they're still mm-hmm. like the best. But then, God, there's there's like West Coast is so well done. And then there's National Anthem. Oh, my God. This, okay, I'm going to stick with my top three. But then there's like Without You, Gods and Monsters. Oh, my God, there's Ride. Her new album's great with Candy Necklaces, Blue Bannister. But I'm going to stick with those top three I said. Yeah. Okay. Move on. I can't. This is gonna Nicely catch done. me Nicely stuck. Done. <laughs> it's gonna no, keep me stuck. No, you're, you're, you got your your knowledge. <laughs> she has of Lana Del Rey so many good deep. songs. That's, awesome. That's a really it. hard question. Thank you. I, I love it. I uh, do don't, you like Lana? No, I don't know any of her stuff. So none of those. I mean, sometimes sadness I've heard. Everybody knows and probably that, one, that. Yeah, probably that other one you mentioned. The blue I, jeans. Yeah, I've probably heard them on the radio, but I don't know. You know, don't know them well. Her like, stuff does. It's still no crazy stuff. that she doesn't get played on the radio that much. It's those mm. songs, and it was that one from The Great Gatsby, the Young and Beautiful song. But other than mm. that, her stuff's just really not. I don't know. I don't know why. It's more fun that way, though. Like I, oh, she's yeah. one of the only artists I buy all her stuff on vinyl. Nice. I love it. Those artists that like don't really penetrate to the pop 
like realm exactly. They just have a few little hits that like alert you to their presence, and then yeah. you get your own little deep dive on them. Those are those are always my favorites too. And everybody sings like we talked about it. Was Taylor Swift does songs with her? Mm-hmm. The Weekend has done a bunch of songs with her. Everybody wants to sing with Lana. Nice. Miley Cyrus and all those other those little youngins. I'll have to check her out more because I really don't know. I don't I'll really send know you. Her. I'll send you. I'll send you the songs that I mentioned. Sweet. They're yeah, very it, personal though. So some songs like, like they're very melodic, and she can be very sad. Like not sad, but you'll see. You'll see. So yeah, some songs are, be like, okay, that song was a little much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Gustav Grant, one of our patrons, says: First off, love your casts across the network. You make my commutes entertaining and shorter than they actually are. <laughs> uh, a little time, little time dilation for Gustav there. That's my favorite thing that we could like because I get it driving to work and yeah. having my days like listening. You know, listening to a podcast can really, really help. Oh, absolutely! So and I'm I, gonna, I feel fulfilled. <laughs> yeah, podcasting was such a big part of my uh, day when I was like when I was still working just regular jobs. Uh, now that I work from home a lot, I do tend to watch a lot more things like. TV and uh, YouTube and stuff, but like podcasts were like constantly what I was watching or what I was listening to uh, when I was working and couldn't have a screen in front of me or whatever. Um, <laughs> and it just like completely enhanced my day. So it means a lot that it does for other people. Appreciate me you. Me too. Yeah. Um, fin- continuing feedback. I've, I've just finished listening to the latest Loki cast and, uh, and a feedback by Mjolnir. Fear Mjolnir? Made- uh, yeah, I think it? it's Fear Mjolnir, probably. I think yeah. so. <laughs> I think so, too. Made me think of a theory. Since the timeline is now a tree with branches spreading, are incursions then going to occur whenever those branches go toward each other and intersect? So in Mom, when they were worried about incursions happening, perhaps the branches of their separate timelines were heading towards each other slowly, but an incursion didn't happen because they didn't stay in 838 <laughs> long enough. With that theory, I wonder if that's another new purpose for the TVA. They can go around the multiverse preventing incursions occurring by arresting verse hoppers, and instead of trying to prevent the lines on their monitor from going past the red line away from the sacred timeline, now it could be preventing uh, prevention of any lines going past the red line towards other timelines. Just a thought that popped into my head, but not sure how much it makes sense. <laughs> you broke my brain. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> We're going to have to go through that slowly. Yeah, yeah, Sorry it's already so long, but uh, also just wanted to say, having watched the Marvels last weekend, I really enjoyed it, and it, it was a fun movie. Amon Vellani is a delight, and I hope the box office recovers with some of the positive reviews people have been giving giving after watching it love you more than tony loves shawarma <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so what he's saying is like maybe the tva instead of preventing things from branching away from the sacred timeline they're preventing any timelines from branching towards each other to intersect hmm. uh and, Can and a he's tree the tree kind of goes 
I mean, limbs can touch each other for sure. You can have limbs that are more tightly packed or more spread out, um, and limbs can get all twisted together, whatever, um, in a tree. So I think that's what he's saying. And and he's kind of saying that, like, verse hoppers, as they said sort of in uh, DS Mom, when those time travel, when those uh, verse hoppers hop between verses, it causes their timelines to merge as if maybe some sort of like correction is happening where like oh you're like there's almost like there's a magnetism to people that are outside their universe or something Hmm. which like i think all of that sounds like it could be a thing and i definitely think that we will learn more in future movies as to what the tva is doing apart from just looking for kang which i think is part of the part of their thing is just like kang is this kind of he's like a multiverse criminal and they're trying to stop whatever he needs to do but they're also like just trying to stop other types of catastrophes from happening in the multiverse is what my guess would be it's fun to think about i can't wait to hear more from the tva yeah and it's like it's our butts it's our you know they're being run by the good guys now yeah and and this thing is like we talk so much about how you pass the torch down and how you put characters that we care about on screen and stuff. And like, I think it is like returning those characters that we love in other things. Like we've, we, we, we've talked about how like just the act of Carol Danvers coming back and having a second movie where we got to explore her character. I'm way more interested about where she goes next. You know, um, it's a bummer that the movie did so poorly and that like we may not find out or like they may yeah. they may like write less to her if if people aren't showing that love. But I, I thought she was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm really excited to see where she goes. And I think the same thing stands for the TVA. Like they did a really good job of taking a character that we loved, Loki, and giving us these new characters that we care about in um, you know, Victor Timely and uh Casey and Sylvie and um Mobius and B-15. Like, I feel like all of those characters are characters I would love to see show up somewhere else and be, like, really pumped to see show yeah. up somewhere else. If anything, it's like when they do an Avengers-level movie again, I, I better see everybody. <laughs> Even if it's just for a second. Yeah, I'm really hoping for Deadpool. Like, I think that, like, Mobius oh, yeah. popping around a Deadpool movie would be, like, amazing. <laughs> be really, really good. He doesn't have anything to do, really, unless he kills his variant. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so dark. So dark of a plan we came up with. It's very uh, Rick and Morty. <laughs> it's the only thing to do. <laughs> if, you it's know. not the only thing to do. There's so yeah. many things to do, Ashley. If you end up in a multiverse, the only option is not killing your altar. Well, it's like if you that's the life that you want, <laughs> you got to take it by force. <laughs> oh. Before we uh, get on to that next feedback, today's show is brought to you by AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. It's really great stuff. I love it. It is a uh, powdered mixture that you put into water, shake it up, and it makes this wonderful uh, nutrient-rich drink that you can have in the morning, and it makes me feel energized. Whatever's in it is like what I was lacking. And I took a lot of multivitamins before, um, and so if you're a person who takes a lot of multivitamins, I don't know what it is about this stuff. I replaced um, my multivitamins with this multivitamin drink, and I feel like I'm taking them in in a better way because I feel I can feel the nutrients in my body <laughs> when I do when I do them. Like I really really love uh, drinking 
uh, my AG1. My husband doesn't like to take any kind of pills. So, and the vitamins, you find like the vitamins are getting bigger and bigger to take. They Mm -hmm. look like horse pills now. So this is perfect for somebody who wants that kind of supplement, but doesn't want to have to swallow down a chalky pill. Yeah. Oh, well, and for me, it's just like, as I'm getting older, the doctor's like, hey, you need a little vitamin B. Hey, you need a little vitamin this. Hey, you need a little, like, like, put a little more of this in. Oh, you're feeling a little lack of energy? Do this. And I keep, they kept kept adding up and my little pill, I started like having a little pill thing, daily pill container that was like, whatever, 10 pills in it or something. And now it's just like, I just drink my AG1 in the morning and I feel good about my day. I know. And as you get busy, you know, sometimes during the week, I'll be like, was this the third day I only ate bread and cheese for, for <laughs> food? You know, I'm not eating vegetables. And you just, you, you think about, you're getting older. I need that gut health. You know, I don't take care mm-hmm. of myself that good, but this little packet makes you feel like a superhero. Yep. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. You're just feeling just better overall health. I really do. Um, and you, sh- you guys should give it a try, see how you feel. And like, I, I mentioned this in the last time we had the Red Zed, but I really did just drink less energy drinks since like, I just feel more energetic and less like of that slump in the middle of the afternoon where I feel like, all right, to finish this day, I'm going to need a monster. Like, no, I've been just drinking my AG one in the morning, healthy energy just throughout the day. And they have the packets. They have packets that you can take with you. So even if you think, oh, I forgot to scoop and make my little scoop drink in the morning, you have it in your pocket and you can make it anywhere. That's right. You can just throw them in your bag, throw them in your purse. Uh, it's a great way to just be able to do it on the, on the go. Um, so if you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash MCU. That's drinkag1.com slash MCU. Check it out. Drink it up. <laughs> Check it out. Drink it up. <laughs> like AG1 <laughs> always says, check it out. Drink it up. <laughs> oh man okay so getting back to our feedback for loki um and about lana del rey i for some reason (laughs) i put that in the loki feedback i would have normally put it in my like general feedback pile but uh yeah there we go it was short (laughs) i could see how it snuck in there yeah totally sneaky sneaky lana del rey (laughs) earth to chris one of our patrons says as for the idea that loki is now the time uh, the time stone manifestation, my thought is that when Thanos reduced the stones to atoms, the stones are now having to manifest in different places. Uh, we have green, Loki equals the time stone, Wanda equals the reality stone, Spectrum equals the space stone. Interesting. I need to think about it some more, but maybe we are seeing the powers coming back because they are needed. Ooh. Maybe. I like that. Maybe. I like that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. um, this, this next comment is going to contain a spoiler from the Marvels. So, you know, mm. don't spoilers sp- in three, two, one, three, two, one, but because spectrum left our universe, that mm. might cause trouble if she's the space stone, not to say the whole theory is bad. Um, like I do think there's a, there's something to be said for that. And I mean, like, isn't captain Marvel also the space zone? Mm, if, if I had to say, she'd probably be the Power Stone. Was it the Power Stone? No, I no, no. The Power you're, Stone was you're right. She got her powers from the Space Stone. Is what you're saying? I got you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, she got her powers from the Space Stone. Um, 
And who in Spectrum would have gotten them from Wanda? Gosh, what stone enhanced? It was the Mind Stone, right? The one, the one in the scepter was the Mind Stone, right? Yes, because you could tap on people's chests. Yes, and take them over and change. Them. So it's weird yeah. because, like, just like you're saying, you know, is she's the she's the Power Stone or she's the this stone? Like, it is clear that. Scarlet Witch's powers are more reality m- morphing than anything, but she got her powers enhanced by the Mind Stone. So that's like a weird. Right. So even though, so if this were a theory that's going to go forward, it doesn't seem like where you got your powers matters as much as what your powers do. So I would yeah, say that yeah. Carol's maybe the Power Stone if she if she would fit into this. So I don't know. Or Star Lord's still around. I guess he would be the Power Stone because he's had it, been able to use it. Well, so yeah, he d- he was able to use it, but that was just because he was a part celestial or whatever, <laughs> part mm-hmm. uh, part ego, part god. Was it celestial? Call- ego called it's himself a celestial, celestial yeah. as well, even though he's yep. totally different than the other celestials. So, yeah, uh, that's all a little <laughs> confusing. I I think in the past I said maybe ego was lying, but I don't I don't, I don't know. I like that. I think that's why I still am. I'm on that train that he was lying, that he doesn't have that power, this or that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like the theory. It's probably another one of those that will like end up being one of those we look back on and go like, "Oh yeah, that was a theory. It never really materialized." Because a, <laughs> a lot of times those theories they seem like it's kind of like we were talking about the the Infinity Stones. Yeah, where what they where the oh, Infinity H Stones. Was hella or, yeah, H is gonna be hella. <laughs> Or Heimdall, it was going to be Heimdall. Yeah, and we said Howard for a while as a as, as a joke, oh. but like that, those sorts of things like always seem really cool, and I and I love to hear what everybody thinks. Like, where who else is a, is a stone? Let's see, who's the Mind Stone now, and who's the Soul Stone now? Amon Valani's the Soul Stone. Isn't Vision still around? That, yeah, that's true, but the, he lost the stone itself. Right. Mm. Well, no. See that. Yeah. That's the tricky part. Did he get it back? They, no, no, he didn't get it back because it's been destroyed. But he's oh, duh. He's white vision now. Like he's just the he's vision without the mind stone and without his memories exactly. You know, he has his memories back mm. though, but without the same personal connection to the world. Like we don't really know because he disappeared two three years ago and we haven't seen him since. <laughs> like yeah. we don't really know what's going to be up with white that's vision. That's true. Yeah, but no, he could definitely be a mind stone. I feel like uh, I really like Miss Marvel, maybe the the Soul Stone, just because she's awesome. <laughs> she's the soul of the Her team. Her powers are purple. She could be the Power Stone. Yeah, that's true. It's true. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Matthew Nace, one of our patrons, says, "Hey y'all, now that the Marvel saturation has ended and we look to be in another holding pattern for the next property, I was just rethinking Loki and my last message on how everything is just set up to repeat itself. I was thinking on what classic Loki's Nexus event was. He was by himself, isolated and removed from everything, and then he missed his brother. Now our current Loki was has removed himself from the universe and isolated himself. He's going to miss Thor at some point and step away, opening the door for Kang, unless we just abandon all Kang storylines. Or he steps away to see Thor, and that causes Secret Wars to kick off. Off to buy some comfy loafers now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I won't love that because it kind of negates... I don't want it to be his fault, whatever happens That he leaves, yeah. Yeah, that he would just be like, not very long later, be like, I'm going to just go have a peek. I don't know. Yeah. 
I mean, and also that's classic Loki's story. This Loki mm-hmm. seems more interested in his friend group from the TVA. Like as much as he he cared about Thor, and I th- and I do want him to see. He doesn't Thor talk again. about him that much. He has not <laughs> talked about Thor very much. Like, and it's also been for him. Th- th- what was it? A thousand years that he was uh, like living in the TVA, working on this problem. Like he's yeah. been fighting for his friends here. Like maybe mm, I don't know if it's longer than he was was living as a uh, as an Asgardian, but like not much shorter. <laughs> like he's been there a long, long <laughs> time. Um, and for whatever reason, like Loki always cared what Thor thought and always cared what his mom thought, but he also was sort of like willing to be a villain to get attention. Um, and I think mm-hmm. maybe he realized in this particular version of reality that like. He he never really got what he needed from his brother. You know what I mean? He never really got the yeah. acceptance of who he is and the like need for him. And he was always sort of a nuisance to his brother. So as he loved his brother, but he like couldn't really he never really got what he needed out of those relationships. And it wasn't until he got here he started to sort of like let himself um be who he needed to be to become this like sacrificial hero at the end. So I yeah. still think it would be amazing to see them see each other, but I think it's going to be less. If he was missing anyone, it would probably be this group. Like it'd be Sylvie and Mobius, yeah. I think. Yeah. Or his BFF Mobius. Yeah. So I think it's more likely that Loki, uh, Thor goes to find who's at the center of the, of Idrisil and finds Loki and it's like, it, oh. yeah, that, I, and I like that too. Yeah. He'd be like, and then they get to have that conversation or Sylvie meets up with Thor. I feel like we've talked about before and is like, you don't know what he's done. And this is where he is. If you want to go say hi. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> How freaking awesome would it be in the theaters to just like get that moment of like Thor deciding to try to travel to the center of Idrisil, like the, the, and then he's, and you, we all, all of us who watch Loki are like, Brother. we know where he's going. Like that, like that ex- expectation, just like in, um, what was it? Uh, in Civil War, when they say like queens or whatever, and you're like, oh, yeah, oh, they're oh, going there. You're see Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be that same sort of thing. Oh, he's going to the center of Idrisil. <laughs> Loki, fun. I, I'm in, man. It's fun. Um, but uh, to talk about his other point, the fact that that might open the door for Kang, I don't think that Loki just holding the timeline together and giving them life like he is is preventing Kangs. I think that if anything, it might be letting them run exactly, around. Exactly, right? exactly. Like he's allowing for the multiverse to exist, which allows for more versions of Kangs to exist. And it's just now the TVA is keeping those Kangs in check. It's just, as far as we understand it, in this world, like the only way that the timeline can exist is if. Uh, it, is if there are Kangs, but then Kang leads to the destruction of the timeline, so they have to just prevent each individual Kang. It's kind of like a, you know, whack-a-mole problem, you know? <laughs> so, I don't know. That's that's how I'm thinking about it anyway. Um, and, it, okay. and it's possible, kind of going back to a question we had earlier about, like, whether this is all a cyclic loop or whether it's it's ended, it is possible that this is the solution to the Kang problem. It could have cycled for hundreds of times through that cycle where Kang kept ending up at the end of time. And then finally Loki, it finally produced a Loki that was 
self selfless enough to make this decision and then that's the loki we see here and he's now <laughs> like thwarted kang uh for lack mm-hmm. of a better term and maybe something else can power that center of Idrisil, and maybe he can leave one day um but it, it's a uh, it's just a, such a beautiful ending. It's so beautiful. I, yeah. Uh, and it follows the same path because he, at the end, did kind of go to, of our story by Infinity Ward, did start being more of a good guy and did kind of sacrifice himself. Mm-hmm. I think he was a little overconfident that he was going to get Thanos, but I also think at the same time he knew he wasn't going to be able to stop him. Yeah. 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 It's, it's tough. It's tough to know. But I, yeah, he did see, he definitely, um, definitely moved from villain to hero in both, in both storylines for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, up next, Bossinator, one of our patrons, says, Hey, Jam, I've been listening since around Fatwas and had to finally break silence and get on the Patreon to try to make sense of Loki Season 2. So it's entirely possible that I'm extremely confused, but I wanted to bring up a couple of things I noticed that made me feel like He Who Remains and Victor Timely are the same person at different times. So... Earlier in this season, OB lays out that the device they're building to stop Loki from time-slipping reads someone's temporal aura to hone in on the exact variant and fishes them out of the multiverse. So, then we fast-forward to a couple episodes, and Victor Timely is getting his temporal aura read, and it is read out as He Who Remains, meaning that it is reading the exact same aura that sits at the end of time, right? Another thing that makes me think that they are the same is that when it shows Victor Timely as a kid, it opens with Sacred Timeline until he is handed the TVA handbook. And since the young actor is supposed to be a young Jonathan Majors, and we've already learned from Quantumania that Kang is like Scarlet Witch sesh Doctor Strange in that way, uh, that they are the same actor across all multiverses, so, wouldn't that mean that in the sacred timeline that R. Kang was born in the 1800s? Lastly, I think Disney slash Marvel knows that it's corny to have someone make fun of a stutter, and so I don't think they'd have He Who Remains make fun of Victor Timely like that. Um, I gotta pause there. He's a villain. Villains can totally make fun of people for stuff like that. Yeah, that's what makes them bad guys. Yeah, he's a bad guy. <laughs> like, he, he wouldn't be... Like, if you're watching the hero of a story and they do something like that, it'd be like, oh, dude, come yeah, on. Yeah, it's not Cap. No, like, if Cap did that, yeah, exactly. You'd be like, oh, dude, come on. But, like, yeah, it's the bad guy. It's like the bad guy of bad guys sitting at the end of time, like, malevolent dictator. Like... He's, you forget because he's so likable. They have to try to remind you every once in a while that he's bad. Right. Well, like nothing. I know. I know. In today's world, making fun of someone for uh, uh, any kind of uh, problem. I, I'm stuttering while I'm trying to say it. But like any any yeah. kind of like issue <laughs> with their speech or their look or whatever is is bad. Like, and I understand that. Like that's, that's sort of like this like cancelable offense or whatever. But. He's been murdering timelines left and right. He's been he's been ruling over the multiverse with an iron fist and causing all these variants to like deceiving a bunch of variants into killing timelines. Like it's he is a terrible despot. 
he if he makes fun of like someone's speech it is not over the line for him like it's totally <laughs> something he would do okay sorry had to had to just throw that in there <laughs> <You're> like, <"Arr." laughs> this is i just like there's a lot and i didn't want to forget that um yeah i got you. <laughs> this is probably the most out there portion of the theory but what if it is the same character and since he was given an infinity amount of time he was able to overcome his speech impediment uh, sorry if none of this makes any sense. Uh, I'm just uh, a nerd who's trying to make sense of everything. I love the podcast. It gets me through my work days as a custodian, and I can't thank you guys enough for that. You guys are ex- all extremely hardworking, and since Matt has been a bit more open with his struggles, uh, I just wanted to say that you've gotten me emotional listening to to you quite a few occasions. Uh, and I just wanted you to know that there are probably a lot of silent people like myself that have you all in their thoughts. You are an icon for taking in your niece and still, oh, thanks, thanks, man. This is getting me uh, <laughs> embarrassed and uh, whatever, you know. <laughs> you are an icon for taking in your niece and still juggling everything and dealing with uh, personal problems. I hope if Ashley and Jeff are going through similar, that they are also getting the support they need. Love y'all 3000. P.S. I Effin' love your music, Matt. Absolutely killer. One of the most underrated musicians I've heard. Every song feels entirely different, and I really like Heart on Fire. Just a genuinely fantastic song, and would recommend that to anyone. And her moves is so groovy. <laughs> it's uh, it's hard not to start getting into it. LMAO. Uh, please release more. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was uh, that was a, a a long bit of uh, theorizing that we need to talk about, and then like a bunch of stuff that was embarrassing for me to read. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Uh, yeah, if if y'all want to hear it, the name's Matthew Carroll on all those Spotify's and Apples and Googles and all those things, so you can find my music out there. I'm on YouTube and everything. Um, Matthew Carroll and the album's called Left to Burn. Uh, thank you for, thanks for it. <laughs> and if you want to hear other stuff that you may not have heard, Bossinator, I have The Garage is an alternate band where I've written a bunch of songs that are about uh, Star Trek and a little bit of Marvel and a little bit of um, Star Wars and some other stuff. So they're like, The Garage <laughs> is like my geeky band. Um and so check check Bye. all that stuff out. Thanks, guys. Uh, thank you, uh, Bossinator. That's very, very kind of you to say. And very kind of you to say about all the other stuff. Uh, I'm trying to be gracious without, whatever, uh, without feeling too embarrassed by compliments. Um, <laughs> but thank you. I don't have any problems. <laughs> no problems over there? No struggles? Life is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird balance. Like, I, it, being, like, honest on here... And not being like whiny or being fake. Like you, you don't want to go too yeah. hard talking about yourself because you don't want to be whiny, but you don't want to like pretend everything's okay because you don't want to be a false sense of togetherness, if that makes sense. Like, like I got it all together. I'm fine. I'm Yeah, yeah. I'm fine. That's me. I'm fine. <laughs> fine. Be, you can be r- real with us, Ashley. You can be real with us. Yeah, I'm just teasing you. Um <laughs> I'm so I'm too Irish for that. I just push it down and I'll have a heart attack at 58. Yep, well, that's <laughs> all that undealt with trauma. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. It's tough. It really is. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, there was a lot of other stuff in there. Oh, the Victor Timely being the same thing, guys. He remains totally possible. A lot of people think that. Yeah. Um, except I guess now Victor Timely 
It's still spaghettified, right? Like that didn't. Did yeah, he, I think. Wait, so. no, did he? The last loop, did he spaghettify? I think he did because then there were. Oh wait, did he make it back in? I think he stops him. It's been so long. Oh now. gosh, I think he stops him, and Victor Timely just continues to live at the TVA. I guess. I don't remember seeing him again. Shoot. Yeah, I can't remember like when he comes into that last one if he stops the process before Victor runs out of the gangway or after. It's all it's all a blur to me. I'm gonna have to go back and check. Pretty sure he makes it back. And then there's the the other point that I I pointed this out during our watch. I thought that you had to be the same version of yourself to get a temporal aura. And that would make sense because in the first episode, they get Loki to come and they test his temporal aura. And and mm-hmm. they're like, ah, we see your temporal aura. Blah. Like as if each variant has a distinct one. So mm. it, it was very confusing to me when um, that happened. But that's the thing is like the sacred timeline version of He Who Remains said he came from the 31st century, first off. And then the sacred timeline version, as far as we could tell from this story, was the version that didn't get the book. Once he got the book, he was a branch timeline version. Branch timeline, yeah. So, as far as we understand it, that timeline didn't exist until the failsafe kicked in, which is why I believe it's a different right. one. Okay. But, yeah, like, it, it, your point there, like, I need to go back and re-listen to, like, what exactly they say about temporal auras, because I definitely was under the impression that temporal auras were a specific variant, not... Like like the fingerprint of a specific variant, not just any variant. But that's not how they seem to use it in this last hmm. last episode. So I really don't know. I do not know, man. No. I wish I wish I did know. Like I <sighs> like I feel like I like my interpretation of it that they're different because it makes sense why he would like be willing to sacrifice himself the way he is, and like he's not really worrying about. But still. Ah, see here's I'm 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 sorry I'm 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 stuttering again. Um <laughs> Oh man. My theory about Victor was always that he was like a spare part, right? Like I said that a bunch on the podcast. I always said right. like he's like a spare part that he placed a version and like kept him from having power back in the eighteen hundreds. But that kind of goes out the window when like it doesn't seem like it was part of Kang's plan because the whole thing was he's there to create the multiplier, right? <laughs> so that the timelines right, continue right. to exist. But then in the end, the multiplier mm-hmm. didn't end up mattering. So how is he a yeah. failsafe? Like, what did he do yeah. that is a failsafe? Is he. <sighs> is Victor Timely just now inside the TVA and he is meant to eventually become Hugh Reigns? I don't know. Doesn't seem to make sense, though, because he remains is from the 31st century, unless he's lying about right. that. Right. Did he already start time traveling at that point, or? I don't know. I don't know. It's very confusing. That's the thing. If he started, if all versions of He Who Remains began in the 1800s, like this one did, mm-hmm. and then they all diverge, then are we supposed mm. to believe the multiversal war happened in, like, the 1900s? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. No. It feels like... Yeah, it doesn't feel right to me. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what... I also have no idea where Victor Timely ended up. I need to go back and, like, pay attention to that last Yeah, I can't remember. Shot. Shoot. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he made it back. And then they were like, no, it's still breaking. Oh, no. Yeah. But then where did he go? I have no idea. I have no idea. I feel bad. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, uh, you, you know what makes me feel better? 
a good night's sleep, which <laughs> I get by using Beam's Dream Powder. It's the best, man. I mean, we've I've talked about it so many times how I, I only sleep like two to three hours a night. I'm one of those people. I'll sleep for an hour and I'm up and I sleep, I'm up, I'm sleep, I'm up. And then I'm just cranky and tired the next day. But if I make Beam, which is, you know, fabulous, you can put it in hot water or milk. I like milk. I'll even when get a little crazy and drop a little drop of chocolate in there because I'm a chocolate fiend. And it's this perfect cozy little drink that you can make right before bed and I stay asleep. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so, so good. Beam is a healthy hot cocoa for sleep. Um, it's you just you mix it up with a little powder. They send you a little like frother thing to like Oh, it's fabulous. Yeah, yeah, to mix your mix your powder up. Um and you sip it's like a great little cup of warm goodness before sleep. And like again, as we mentioned with other things, like this seems like a really great product to send to people for the holidays. If you know someone who has a hard time yes. sleeping, it's just like it's cozy. But they have uh white chocolate peppermint flavor right now. Um, and I think that would be like a really holidays, good holiday yes. flavor to send people, send it before the holidays and then like sitting at, at Christmas time drinking like white chocolate peppermint. I would love it. I really want to try the sea salt caramel because sea salt, sea salt caramel is my favorite of like anything. Yes. Yes. Throw that on. I have that, just that salty sweet I because it. like I said, I have a sweet, I'm a sweet person. I'm adorable. No. <laughs> Salty caramel, anything. Oh my God. Brownies. You know, yeah. I don't like candy. That's why this is for me. I don't like that sour patch, but this is, I was like, this is a gift. Mm -hmm. <laughs> really good flavors. And uh, they're really great effect. A great routine before bedtime. And today yeah. our listeners get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder. They're best-selling healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. Available in delicious seasonal flavors like cinnamon cacao, sea salt caramel, and white chocolate peppermint. Better sleep has never tasted better. Dream contains a powerful all-natural blend of reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, melatonin, and nano-CBD to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. Uh, a recent clinical study revealed Dream helped 93% of users wake up feeling more refreshed, and 93% reported that Dream helped them get a more restful night's sleep. If you want to try Beam's best-selling Dream Powder, take advantage of their biggest sale of the year and get up to 50% off for limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash mcupod. The discount is auto-applied at checkout, no code necessary. That's shop, B-E-A-M.com slash mcupod for up to 50% off. Yeah, it's really good, guys. Give it a try. Can't get enough. All right, back to some Loki feedback. And hey, we're beyond the patrons at this point. Yes, we've moved into it. Regular listener feedback here through our email, um, which you can send in emails at mcucast at gmail.com. Uh, but the best way to get your feedback read quick is that Patreon. Todd Fitzhugh says, Matt, Jeff, and Ashley, hope you're all uh, good, guys. <laughs> he didn't put a he didn't put a comma there, so I'm probably not me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm assuming he means like heroes. Hope you're all good guys. Yeah. Um. No. <laughs> wow, what a finale to Loki that was. Tom Hiddleston has got to be the greatest pilot ever because the ending couldn't have landed any smoother. <laughs> From the comedic tones at the start, where he's trying to fix the loom, to the great dialogue with He Who Remains, and the beautiful chat with Mobius, uh, this episode had it all. What a bloody show. Uh, I'll be honest, 
I'm still not 100% sure where this leaves Loki and Sylvie going forward in the MCU and if we're ever, we'll ever see them again. Um, but at least neither of them died. You're all legends as always, Todd. Thanks, Todd. Thanks, Todd. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't die too. Yeah, for sure. That would be a... That would have been rough. I was like, it, it, it was possible. And, you know, like, like I was saying earlier, I really do feel like, uh, particularly Sylvie and Mobius, um, like, I mean, it, it, there's so many characters in this, uh, like, Sylvie and Mobius were more definitely more forward characters on this show, so I feel like I got to know them better, but I really love yeah. Casey, Hunter B-15, and Victor Timely, <laughs> if, if things uh, in the real world don't prevent him's character from going forward. Um, like, I, I just think they did such a good job of introducing these characters, and I want more and more and more of them. Yeah. Yep. Devin Arnold says, hey, Jam, holy crap, holy crap, holy crap. Uh, Loki finally found his glorious purpose. The visuals were crazy. When his clothes melted into the cape, it was beautiful. And the fact that Loki took centuries trying to save the multiverse just to realize, as Matt would say, he had to lay down on the wire for his family. And I think they truly became a family. If it hadn't been for them to fight for, I think he would have given up or found someone else to do it just because of the selfishness of his old self. But they changed him for the better, but him wanting to protect them is what pushed him to choose to again lay down on the wire. And he finally got the throne that he felt he deserved since the beginning and that we've felt he deserved at least since last season. <laughs> it may not be what he imagined, but it really is his glorious purpose. You guys are amazing, and I can't wait to hear everyone else's feedback. You think he created his own throne since he created everything that was going on there? He kind of like gave it to himself. Doesn't it sort of like grow up? into itself? Like you see the gold yeah. like sort of come around it or something, if I'm remembering it correctly. Um, yeah, it seemed like, I mean, it, it seems to me that that entire manifestation is outside of the, it's outside of space time. So anything there I, like where does it come from who knows and like how does that work <laughs> and like how is that all being manifested and the best thing i can imagine is it's just like his imagination or his like manifesting of this stuff i i, I don't yeah. know if there's anything real there or if it all has right that, you know it's, it's interesting up next jennifer newton says hey loki lovers <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love 3000, the movie you created during your reaction cast for Loki. Uh, Matt, when you were talking about Thor showing up at to Idrisil, um, totes had to goog that for spelling. <laughs> 10 points for saying goog. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And seeing Loki, the conversation that would happen between them wouldn't be a dry eye in the theater or in my imagination right now. <laughs> uh <laughs> I'm totally down. Cut and print. Uh, this season was amazing. Thanks for walking me through all the nuances I didn't understand. And thanks for <laughs> taking us all along this ride together. Love this community. Pandas for all time always. Jen Niffer Newton. Uh, P.S. <laughs> Ashley. Uh, hey, girl. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I really want to see that. I really want to see mm -hmm. 
Thor will be so proud. And he'll finally get that feeling from Thor that he's always wanted that like, it's always just been disappointment because he always lets him down. I mean, it's not like Loki didn't do bad shit. Yeah. You really are the worst, brother. (laughs) Oh, man. That last conversation before he leaves him um, in Ragnarok, you know, he shows up at the end again, but like, when he leaves them, he's like, I just don't trust you. I love you, but I don't trust yeah. you. It's basically the conversation they have, and it's just like, mm. Then he threw the cup at him, and he was really there. That was when Loki, I felt like, yeah. changed. Yeah, yeah. That's like, he's like, he's actually doing a thing that his brother thinks he's fooling him. You know, like, that's, his brother's, like, convinced that he's done the wrong thing too many times. And yeah. Oh, gosh, that movie's mm-hmm. good. That movie's good. I would love, I think we've talked about it before, but like, imagine that didn't happen. I would love to see the conversations with Thor bringing him back, say that the ship made it and they got there before Thanos and they had to like, Thor had to be like, no, you know, like I remember he tried to kill everybody, everybody, but like, you know, the Hulk's <laughs> cool with him now. Like what, if he can be cool with him, y'all can be cool, right? We could be cool. <laughs> be cool, honey bunny. <laughs> be cool. Be cool. Um, yeah. And Jennifer, I, I, I appreciate this. Uh, thanks for walking us through the nuances that I didn't understand. I know that's something we've talked about a lot. Uh, you were saying, Ashley, like a lot that like, uh, I don't get this stuff. And there's a lot of people who've been saying, I'm right with Ashley. For, yeah, I don't that's know why I on. had to keep saying it because I'm like, yeah. I, I, please explain this to me. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm really glad that like that was helpful to people. And I don't know, you know, I'm not saying I'm always right about things, but I think I at least like, I think I follow the multiverse stuff okay. Uh, at least, like, I don't ever know what's going on, but I know kind of what the options are. <laughs> so I can yeah. Be like, so here's an option, and here's a, it could be any of these four things, but it's you know, and it's interesting. Like, I love that kind of stuff in in media when you come up with like, when it's not clear what's going on, but you can kind of narrow it down to like, okay, there's about four or five things that could happen here. And if this one happens, it means this. And if this one happens, it right. means this. And like, I love watching stories like that where you've gamed it out pretty far. I feel like this happened a lot with like, I don't know, almost every really good show. Like, if this domino <laughs> falls, it means this huge thing for the overall story. You know what I mean? <laughs> and yeah, I, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Jason McGill says, with Loki taking this burden, this glorious purpose, being the god of stories, and the MCU rapidly approaching the multiverse based on the Marvels and maybe potential Kang plans, there could be the potential for the heroes seeing Loki as a manipulative villain manipulating the multiverse. Dirty casuals would be excited to see Loki as a villain, and the hardcore fans who followed the Loki's journey through this show would see the tragedy that has been set up. Loki as a villain, seen manipulating the multiverse to his will. Meanwhile, we know the sacrifices and journey he made to save everything, only to always be seen as a villain. Hmm. Mm. I feel like that's where a Thor thing would come in. Like, Thor would, that's the conversation. Like, maybe Thor shows up there thinking he needs to stop him, and then he finds out. But Or Sylvie, or somebody tells him first. Yeah, totally. Like, I I think that's I'll put my hand on your chest. (laughs) <laughs> You're not going to go yell at Loki. <laughs> no, that's a really good um, way to way to think about it, Ash. Like, I really like the idea of a story starting and then being like, like there's, a, there's you know, we've talked about the pulse that's coming from somewhere. Like the bands are pulsing. Oh or yeah. Like, and some people have thought about talked about how like 
when Loki's sending those pulses into the thing, I've seen like that on the chat or whatever. Somebody was talking about how like those could correspond in some way. Well, what if like they go to wherever they can to find out the source of this message or this um, energy and it's Loki and they think it's Loki and he's like, no, I'm just the, I'm just the steward of the timeline at this point. He's like, I'm (laughs) not your Loki. Like it would be really, Oh, gosh, it makes me. My re- name is Tree now. <laughs> gosh, I was about to like get emotional, and you totally derailed. Like, that's, sorry. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm like, it was very funny. Like, my name is Tree now. Oh gosh, my name is Tree now. I am Groot. Um. Uh, yeah. Oh, we're friends. <laughs> this is my friend Tree. <laughs> this is my this friend. Is my brother Tree. I had a friend named Tree. Um. No, like. I just love the idea that, like, he sees his brother. He's, like, mad that his brother... He's, like, has this combined, like, anger that his brother is manipulating the timeline combined with, like, excitement that he's seeing his brother again, you know? There's this, like, Mm -hmm. great emotional moment between them, and he has to be like, I'm not your brother. Like, I'm not your... I'm not your Loki. Like, I am... Um, it's good to see you too, Thor, but like, I'm the version that did this and I've gone through, yeah. I've lived thousands of years since we last saw each other and I've done all these things and yeah, it's just, ugh, that. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's so much to have in a conversation, but it could, t- yeah, l- like I said, I think I said it last week, um, or a couple weeks ago, it would feel very much to, to a non- uh, deep dive, non-Loki watching audience, it would feel like the return of Red Skull. Just like a little right. scene where you just get to see an ancient villain and he turned up in this weird place. Like, but for us, we'd know. It just it, It's such a good setup. I love it so much. <laughs> it still makes me mad that we didn't get to see Cap take the, the stone back to where Red Skull was. Yeah, Like, sure. you didn't, like, you could, like, even do it in what if. I don't care. Give me something. I just, just yeah. like to see it. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. Because it had to happen. Be cool. <laughs> I would dig mm-hmm. uh, All right. Up next, Elliot Perdom says, wow. Just wow. So think, I think I've written 12 different feedbacks now, and none of them conveyed what I want to really say. So I pruned them and started over. <laughs> I love the like common use of pruned and like yeah common parlance or whatever. This show made me feel again. That's what it did. I felt sad when the show finished, excited at what I had just seen, and then sad again because our six-week watch journey is over. I have so many technical questions about how Loki actually did what he did, and how did he do it, but... The journey he's been on as a character on our screen is amazing. This show was Marvel finally hitting heights again and telling real stories. It has to be close, if not the best Marvel thing there has been in my eyes. I'm sure it will come up, but who is Loki now? What the hell just happened? Also, the time zone is green. Was it Loki all along? Loki all along. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Elliot. I I think we've talked about a lot of these things, but I love the, I love this. Like it made me feel again. Like I feel that yeah. way so much about this story. Like there's a lot of Marvel stuff that I enjoy, but doesn't like hit me in the feels the way this did. Right, right. Really, really. Like that's what keeps me inspired to keep 
going with this podcast to keep like talking right. about these things is those moments of like real connection with the characters. And this one was just <laughs> so full of that. I loved it. Um, and yeah, I think we've talked about most of those questions in these first, in these reaction casts, but yeah, what the hell happened? Yeah. I, I do think it's interesting. Like, the technical questions of what happened versus like, I like when a story like this is able to answer those questions. Well, like the, the exactly what is happening on the screen while also telling us what is going on in Loki's head. And I do feel like this kind of just showed us a weird, as you were talking about, like him creating his throne, like it sort of just like showed us a representation of what it means for him to step into that thing. It's not, yeah. I don't know if it's literal. Like, I don't know if that's a literal place that he's standing. Right. It's like he created it to fit what he was trying to do. Right. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, he became a Jobu Tupaki. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to get my throne. <laughs> I created myself, but you know, if I have to sit here. <laughs> yeah. When someone comes up, you're going to worship me like a god. <laughs> I love how many of these are starting like this. Um, Gabby says, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> That's all I can say. Also, hello, Matt, Jeff, and Ashley. Uh, after yes. a mini rewatch of the scene with Loki and He Who Remains, Loki says, we die with the dying, we're born with the dead. And He Who Remains kind of looks at him like, huh? Then moves on. I uh, had to look it up because it sounded like a quote from something. Uh, turns out it is a quote from T.S. Eliot's Little Getting. Um, I love Loki's glorious purpose, but self selfishly hope we see him again for all time always. Gabby. Me too. Yeah, I looked Me that up too. too, and I meant to do a little more research about like what that line means in the context of the T.S. Eliot poem, but I didn't. Mm. Um, in, mm. in the in the mix of all the many things I wanted to look up and <laughs> learn more about in this show, um, but I, I did the same thing. I, I actually thought when he says because he's talking about something about like I kind of wanted it to be something Asgardian or something like like some sort of yeah. like something from his when he says like when he says we die with the dying we are born with the dead I was it's it reminded me of something sort of like I don't know Norse I, I guess yeah but I guess he's been doing so much research as lately reading so many books that he came across that I guess yeah well I mean he's had plenty of years to have read it uh for sure so like he's he's an he's a he's an educated man i just when i when I heard it, I was like, I wonder if that's like an ancient Norse something like I was wondering but then, <laughs> like, I, then I looked at it was like, oh, it's t s Eliot okay <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that might be interesting uh that he was like gleaning exp- what he what exactly was he pulling from there and i and i need I need to go yeah. like research that poem a little bit and uh see what little getting is about. By T.S. Eliot. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll know. do that for next week. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best. I'll do my best. I've been needing to, been helping my niece this week. Um, <laughs> I'm always like hesitant how much to share on these podcasts because if she ever listens, it'll, it'll, it might embarrass her or something. Um, oh, shit. Does she listen? She doesn't currently. Okay. But like some people do that, like, like, cousins and stuff but uh Mm -hmm. anyway like we were we were working on her like learning how to read poetry um and like iambic pentameters (laughs) well it's just like it was just funny how like 
how much I connected with what she was doing, which is like completely ignoring whatever she didn't understand. Like when I was a kid, if like I didn't pronounce a word well, I would just kind of like mentally note what the word looks like and what that means and just move on. Like I wouldn't take the time to learn to read it or like learn to say the words. Like, right. I, I think I've mentioned that before on the podcast, but like, She's doing the same thing with like poetry, where she would just come to like a phrase or a thing she didn't know, and instead of like seeking out knowledge about it, she just kind of like breeze would breeze right through it, and she, <laughs> she'd like write. Uh, she was doing some Edgar Allan Poe poem and just like wrote what she thought it was about, and just like completely ignored like anything she didn't understand, which was like half the poem because it was like written in kind of old English kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you, know, you have to stop. You have like poetry is a thing like you really have to think about what each phrase means. Like it was about. Um, it was Edgar Allan Poe's to Helen, which is apparently a, to his like, um, to someone that sort of helped raise him is what the the poetry. Mm-hmm. Is. But it's a lot of compliments, like she stands statuesque, blah blah, and like yeah uh, yeah yeah. So she just kept being like, it's it's a love poem, and like you're just not like you're not looking into this or researching it, or you're just like reading the 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 few words you understand and just assuming that and this is just funny because <laughs> I totally did the same thing when I was her age. Like oh just, oh yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Completely ignoring context or whatever. Well, my friends, I think that's a podcast. That's about it. I'm going to go enjoy my last couple hours before going back to work. No. Don't do it. No. What, five weeks till Christmas? That's when I get my next break. Oof. Five five weeks. weeks, Five weeks. Well, this this Thanksgiving felt early because uh, there's a whole, like, week left in November. Oh, yeah. It actually doesn't happen. I guess the third Thursday often comes later. Yeah, well, uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of wild. We're we're we've been packing up my mom's house to try to get it. She has to be completely out by the end of November, and I keep going down thinking this is the time we're gonna finish getting everything out this time, and then I leave, yeah. and there's like tons of stuff left. It's just like every oh, time, no. it's like this is the time we're gonna do it. Yeah, nope, didn't make it. One more time, we're gonna do. Nope, didn't make one more, <laughs> one more time. So tomorrow I'm going back. And once that gets done, it's just been like a big thing. All of November has been like trips to Prattville, loading up the car, coming back, throwing stuff away, like, and the house is still not there. So I think this time, if she hasn't chosen, I'm going to be like, you point at things you really want, because if you don't point at it, we're just throwing it in trash cans at this point. Like, it's done. It's done. Um, Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be an intense day tomorrow. Be strong. You can do this. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you for joining us. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. Hit that subscribe and the five stars and all the things that help us out. We really appreciate it. And if you want to join us on the Patreon, patreon.com slash mcucast, you get, uh, you know, uh, ad-free and sometimes early episodes. And we do some Patreon hangouts. And there's uh, options on there to commission episodes of things you'd like us to watch or talk about or whatever. So uh, let us know. We have to get back to our rewatch. Yes. I was going to talk to you about that. I was hoping maybe next Monday we could do a rewatch episode. Yeah, sure. Maybe? Okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll be back to do that soon, guys. Uh, we're going to get back to the Infinity Saga rewatch, hopefully next what week. What movie are we on? What comes after Thor? Thor. Uh, Iron Man 3? I think Captain America. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's Captain America. It's time. Then we have to watch Iron Man three during Christmas because it's Christmas or holidays. Ooh, it's a, I think we're yeah. I think we can pull that movie. off. I think it's, we can pull that it's off. It's gonna happen. It's gonna be right. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. Well, we'll uh, we'll be back to do that soon. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Hey, you just listened to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast from Stranded Panda. I really hope you liked it. Let me just say a big thank you. To all of our supporters on patreon.com slash mcucast, you are the lifeblood of our little operation here, and a huge, huge 
huge thank you to our insanely generous Illuminati tier patrons, Walter Kreisky III, Lieutenant Bongo, and Jazz Fizz. You guys are amazing. If you'd like to see our beautiful faces, you can catch a video version of many of our episodes at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. Love you 3,000, my friends. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. 